are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Brewers, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers. We are very close to reaching 1,000 followers on Twitter, so do appreciate all the follows there and all the support. Also, appreciate all the support for the podcast. We, again, had the best week ever for Lockdown Brewers podcast last week, so please continue to subscribe to Lockdown Brewers podcast. Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Again, appreciate all the support. Also, if you have any questions you'd like discussed on the podcast, you can email those to lockedonbrewers at gmail.com. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be doing our divisional crossover episode looking at the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates with host Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. Uh, we'll be doing that every Wednesday for the rest of March, so just one more uh, with these. We'll be doing Locked On Reds next week and finishing up that series as we get ready for opening day. Before we do that, let me remind you this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and join me when I go live next week to get in on the action Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So I did go live on the Locker Room app on this past Tuesday. Appreciate all of you who uh, jumped in there and joined the conversation and gave it a listen. So I will likely do that again next week, but not sure when yet. I may do it on opening day, try to do a little opening day special with that. But if you haven't already, make sure you download the Locker Room app. It's a lot of fun. going to be a great way to enjoy games together. But again, uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking to Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. So make sure that you enjoy my conversation there with him and me and Vinny. We'll be back on the podcast together on Thursday. So this week on our divisional crossover episode, we'll be talking to Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. So uh, he'll be going over the Pirates with us on this episode, going everything that we can expect from them this year as they try to make a mess of things in the NL Central. So go ahead and welcome in Ethan here. Ethan, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course, man. You know, uh, got to love these Wednesday division crossovers. I've done one with the Reds and the Cubs so far. So it's been very interesting being kind of like the bottom dweller of the NL Central, which also just so happens to be the worst division in baseball right now. But, you know, it works out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't checked out my previous episodes that I've done on the division series crossover, I've done one with Sean Sears from Locked On Cubs and Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals. So make sure that you go back and check out those as well as we get geared up for the regular season and the battle in the NL Central. Um, but like you said, Ethan, I think the Pirates are, are going to play, you know, spoiler a lot in the NL Central, obviously, you know, picked to be kind of the bottom dwellers as they're still rebuilding, uh, but got a lot of good young talent coming up. I was actually watching their game today. It was on MLB Network uh, with the Pirates and Braves there. Got, you know, some really pesky hitters at the top of that lineup. You know, you look at guys like Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman and obviously Key Brian Hayes. Uh, Adam Frazier. I mean, these are all, you know, pretty, pretty pesky little hitters, probably not household names, but, you know, they're going to give you a good at bat every time mm-hmm. out. Um, so, you know, I think they're really going to give some teams some troubles outside of those guys. You know, I don't really know a lot about this Brewers team. Um, I know Jacob Stallings had a pretty good year only because I play MLB the show and he was there like face of the franchise card or whatever after the <laughs> end of the season. But that's really all I know about the Pirates from, from last year, really. And I know, obviously, Q. Brian Hayes had a good 
you know, uh, short sprint there at the end. But, you know, what's this what's this Pirates lineup going to going to look like in 2021? And, you know, how how good can it be? Uh, to start off, it's going to probably be like a lot of the guys you mentioned. Adam Frazier is probably going to be our second baseman. Kevin Newman probably slots in at shortstop. He's been having a ridiculous spring training. I know he's in the top four of a uh, batting average, I believe. Um, obviously, Key Brian Hayes will be our third baseman. Colin Moran will be having his first full year as a first baseman. He uh, shifted over with the emergence of Key Brian Hayes and the trade of Josh Bell. So now he's our everyday first baseman. You mentioned Brian Reynolds is in the outfield. We still have the wonderful overpaid Gregory Polanco. Um, and then probably the center field spot, maybe, maybe not change a little bit, but I think it's going to be Anthony Alford and uh, uh, Brian Goodwin's job to lose as uh, going out through there. So that's probably what the lineup will look like in the beginning. Obviously, throughout most of the summer, Adam Frazier was a big trade talk kind of guy. And with the way he's played this spring, if he can keep that up in the regular season, I see no reason why they wouldn't trade him if his value skyrockets, which when you're hitting over 700 in spring training, it's definitely going to get <laughs> yeah. the attention of some people. Might want to trade them now. Yeah, I know. And um, <laughs> But, yeah, that's probably how the lineup will look. And then Jacob Stallings will be the catcher. Really the biggest questions are just the center field spot and the backup catcher spot. Everything else is pretty much already set in stone, which is very ironic for a team that's rebuilding. It's like you already have all the guys that are set in stone. Household names, I did mention that on um, – you'll see the division series for everybody listening for his podcast. It will be coming out with us soon. I'm not sure what day they're doing it. But I did say, like, who's joining Key Brian Hayes as the household names of this team. That's going to be the biggest storyline. And, again, like if Adam Frazier does get traded, that obviously gives Cole Tucker, um, O'Neill Cruz, and Wilmer Defoe options as well in the uh, middle infield. Yeah, because that was going to kind of be my next question, you know, other than Key Brian Hayes. And it, it's going to be – I'm not trying to, you know, downplay the impact that Hayes is going to have. I think he's going to be a really good player. But, you know, if if you're looking at a rookie possibly leading the best hitter in your lineup and your number three hitter, it doesn't really bode well for the rest of the offense there. But, yeah. you know, if this offense is going to score runs, going to get clicking, I mean, who's somebody outside of, you know, kind of those top four we mentioned that really needs to to step up and have a big year? Um, well, Colin Moran, obviously, because he has to fill the void that Josh Bell left uh, in the power batting spot. He'll probably bat fourth. He is a left-hander. Uh, I've heard over the offseason that he has improved against left-handed pitching. That was one of the uh, big things that Josh Bell was able to uh, offer was he was a switch hitter, and he knew how to hit the ball really hard in both spots. But um, having two of your biggest options at uh, the power spot being Josh Bell and Gregory Polanco as both left-handers – That'll be interesting. So I don't see this team hitting a lot of home runs. Anthony Alford will be a big option at the like bottom of the lineup, I think. Um, if he can hit in the 250 range, that'll probably be like a big win for the Pirates. And then, I mean, after that, I mean, even Todd Frazier is there as well. I think some people forgot that Todd Frazier, the Todd father himself, is now a Pittsburgh Pirate. Um, obviously, he'll be backing up Hayes and Moran third and first base. But, I mean, if he can even light it up on days that they don't play, that'll be pretty helpful as well. But, I mean, I would fully expect, like, the top four guys, like Reynolds, Hayes, Newman, and Frazier will probably have the best batting averages. But when you're talking about home runs, obviously Moran and Polanco will probably provide most of them. So that's kind of where I see hitting at right now. As far as guys who could come up in the system and help, I think that's still, like, a year or two away. 
This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first official social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the Milwaukee Brewers or whatever your favorite team may be. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and others and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Brewers podcast through our locked room locker room conversations. Go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group of your choice for the latest league updates. Follow me on Twitter at shortstopball to be notified whenever I go live on the locker room app next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to time now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And make sure that you go and check out today's matchup as we are getting close to the Elite Eight now for the best built bars out there. And my favorite, the Cookies and Cream, is still in the fight. So get out there and vote for your favorite built bar. Make sure that you go to builtbar.com or follow them on Twitter at built underscore bar to vote for your favorite and check back to see who wins. And also, when you're making your next order, make sure that you use our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won and who will become the best tasting protein bar we're covering everything you need to know about the milwaukee brewers but what about the rest of sports now the locked on podcast network has you covered there as well with locked on today it's hosted by the great peter bukowski and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. The Pirates obviously traded away a lot of you know good starting pitchers over the last several years. They are kind of decimated that rotation. Even this past off season alone, they traded Joe Musgrove, traded Jameson Tyon. Um, you know we won't even get into the Tyler Glass now and Garrett Gold tra- Garrett Cole trades of the past, but yeah. um, but that obviously creates a lot of opportunities this year for some young guys. And I'll be honest, I looked at this rotation, you know, preparing for this, and I, there's not a lot of names there that, that I recognize, <laughs> and then probably not a, not a lot of names that a lot of fans are going to recognize. Yeah. But who are some, some guys in this rotation, you know, that a lot of people might not know right now that could make some noise, you know, throughout the year? As far as in the rotation, probably Mitch Keller is going to be the main one. Um, top pitching prospect after the Glasnow trade was done. He's had two of the weirdest years in probably any – like starting pitchers career to start their first two years. Um, just it, he doesn't have the benefit of being on a team that's going to score a lot of runs. So he does play from behind a lot, which is not very good for him. He plays a lot better when he's leading in games. As far as that goes though, you mentioned the Jamison Tyone trade, Miguel Yahure, the starting pitcher we picked up from that Yankees trade, got some time with the Yankees last year as I mean, me and you combined for almost as many outs as everybody outside of that rotation, other than Garrett Cole had last year. Um, but I mean, Miguel Yahuray could definitely make a case for it. I'm sure you'll agree with me on this too. I've been saying this a lot. I don't think a lot of these pitchers are going to pitch more than 125, 150 innings. It's yeah. going to be so hard for them to come back from a 60 game season. And then you're going to ask them to pitch 35, 40 starts. It's just not going to happen. And Derek Shelton has already said that he fully expects a six-man rotation with the additions of Trevor Cahill, Tyler Anderson, 
And then you have guys like JT Brubaker, Chad Cool, and Stephen Brault. And already Stephen Brault is out for pretty much the entire month of April. So pitching depth is going to be probably at its peak this year. But if I had to name two guys outside of Mitch Keller that like could make an impact after this year as well, it'd be probably Miguel Yahure and then another pickup in the Josh Bell trade in um, Will Crow. Those are probably the two guys that will see some time if there are injuries or if they do need to bolster the pitching staff in terms of depth. Outside of that, not too much to look forward to pitching wise until like <laughs> Quinn Priester and Carmen Majinski and all those guys get to that point. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then obviously, you know, like you said, I don't think starters are going to throw a lot of innings this year and especially not for teams like the pirates who are rebuilding. You're not going to push your young guys like that. So with that, the pirates are obviously going to have to get a lot of innings out of their bullpen. And I know even fewer, fewer names in that pirates bullpen right now. So um, you know, is it going to be a scary second half of the game for Pirates fans, or are there some names out there that are going to, you know, surprise us and and make the bullpen look pretty good? Well, so you being a Brewers fan probably know it best whenever you play the Pirates that you probably struggle for the first five or six innings, and then you face <laughs> the Pirates bullpen. It's kind of right. like a joke at this point, especially when it's really funny because not even six years ago we had the best one-two punch probably in baseball with Tony Watson and Mark Melanson. And, and then even before that, you had Jared Hughes. It was like, wow, this is a great bullpen. Obviously, all those guys are gone. But right now, I mean, Richard Rodriguez is kind of our closing option. He's not bad. He did almost get traded to the Dodgers, I think, this offseason for some odd reason. I don't know why. I don't see his trade value really that big. Um, David Bedner, who was acquired from the San Diego Padres trade, has been talked about as a closing option. He is a Pittsburgh native, which made that really fun for him. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, you have Kyle Crick. It's Shashan Chevry <laughs> guy. I mean, even me, like I can probably not even tell you who's all going to be in there. Like Michael Feliz will probably be in there. You have the Edgar Santana situation. I don't know what's going on there. He hasn't really pitched at all this spring. Um, you have guys like who or Chase DeYoung is there. Um, it's just going to probably be like a revolving door of if you give up three runs this game, you're probably out. Here comes the next guy. Yeah. So, I mean, and then there's another, but there is a guy relief wise that will not be up for probably a year or two that I'm very excited for. And that's Ronzi Contreras. I don't know if anybody got the chance to watch the game the other day that we played against the Minnesota twins. But when I tell you he threw a fastball, I believe it was only 96 and the twins announcer said it looked like it came out of his hands at 103. Wow. So it's going to be pretty fun to see him. And then you have Luis Oviedo, who's another guy that could come up at some point and probably get some time up there. But the starting pitching staff is already not that great, but it's definitely better than the bullpen options we have because you don't even have a defined closer. Then you have your team who has one of the best <laughs> in them and Josh Hader, and then yeah. you have Devin Williams. Devin Williams is probably better than all of our – like our bullpen combined. Josh Hader as well. Like, I mean – if you put those like our entire bullpen against Josh Hader and Devin Williams, people are going to laugh at you and be like, why are these guys even being mentioned in the same sentence? But I mean, it, it will see, it would be nice to have a good bullpen again. That would be a good move forward in the rebuild, but I don't think that comes for at least a year or two when all these other relief pitchers and pitchers come up. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. 
BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And even though the football season might be over, you got the NBA and NHL and March Madness all in full swing right now. And of course, you got the Major League Baseball season getting geared up as well. But BetOnline.ag does more than that. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag on your phone or internet browser and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today is the day the Locked On MLB podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, before we get into your projections and predictions for the Pirates this year, I want to talk about the future a little bit because that's you know probably where a lot of Pittsburgh fans are, are already starting to move their 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 thought process as well. Uh, you know when the Pirates you know hope to be a threat in the NL Central again. You know we know all about Key Brian Hayes and we'll get a good look at him in 2021. Then you also have Nick Gonzalez who you just took in the first round of the draft. I think watching the spring training game today and he hit a bomb uh, late in that game, so uh, he's going to be a really good hitter. But outside of those two, I'm not really familiar with a lot of the, the Pirates prospects that they have. And I know you've touched on some of them throughout uh, this podcast already. But who are some of your favorites outside of those top two uh, that could be coming along in the next year or two um, for the Pirates? Um, Mason Martin is a guy that Pirates fans love. He's a power hitting first baseman. So whenever Colin Moran starts, he's already 28, I think. So whenever he starts getting toward that 30-year-old 30, 30 range, I definitely think they'll flirt with the idea of having Mason Martin. Um, of course, the pitching is just all over the place. I mean, that's one thing Ben Sherrington did well in Boston whenever he rebuilt that team into a World Series team is he just said, give me all the pitching in the world. Like, if you look at our top 30 prospects, I think 16 or 17 of them are pitchers right now, which is good. But, I mean, like, it's very nice to have, but it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with those guys. But you have guys, like I mentioned earlier, Carmen Majinski, who still needs to build. Quinn Priester, obviously, will get his first full season. Um, Brennan Malone, uh, another good guy. I mean, O'Neill Cruz will probably start the season in AAA, but, I mean, he's a six seven athlete, so he could probably play almost anywhere. I've heard them flirting with the idea of putting him in right field with Gregory Polanco probably gone after this year. Uh, after that, it gets kind of shaky. I mean, you have Lee over Piguero as a shortstop option. Nick Gonzalez is a second base option. So that could be your future uh, middle infield. Really don't have a catcher right now, which I find very interesting. I mean, you have Andy Rodriguez, but he's like our 26th ranked prospect. So you're not really looking too great after Jacob Stallings, who is already probably going down in his career pretty soon, even though he was a gold glove guy last year almost. Um, after that, I mean, Hudson Head was a Padres pickup. He's an outfielder. Travis Swaggerty, who I've also had on the podcast, really fun outfielder to watch. Uh, Kanan Smith, another Yankees guy. I mean, we have a good amount of outfielders in there, too. Um, can't think of his name now. Cal Mitchell, there it is. He's another guy. And um, Aram Layton, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, put uh, Kanan Smith as one of his guys to watch to rocket up boards this year. So a lot of these guys also, you um, obviously know about ETA, like when they expect these guys to come up. Seems like 2023 is that year. You see a lot of 2022 in there too, but I do expect 2023 to be like the weird influx of 
okay, there was this team. Now we have an entire new team of prospects. So I feel like that's how that's going to go. I would honestly say if you're like even a Brewers fan or a Pirates fan or like whatever kind of fan, watch Altoona curve in Indianapolis Indians games this year. <laughs> if you really want to figure out what the Pirates are going to yeah. look like in the next two or three years, because that's that, those are the guys that are going to define this Ben Sherrington rebuild. There's not much to watch for the Pirates in the right in like the majors this year outside of like key Brian Hayes and then like some other stuff going on. But if you really want to know about this team, watch Nick Gonzalez, watch Quinn Priester work. I mean, Brennan Malone, Hudson head. Um, I mean, yeah. even Cole Tucker, if he gets a chance, like you just, you got to watch these guys. I mean, that's just how you have to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um. And so finally, just want to get your thoughts on the 2021 season. You know, I think be honest here and say it would be a huge surprise for the Pirates were, you know, contending for playoff. But, uh, you know, as we've, we've talked about, I think, you know, like you said at the beginning or maybe before we even jumped on, you know, the Pirates could determine who wins this NL Central based on, you know, who has the better, most success yeah. against them. Um, are the Pirates going to be a pesky team? Are they going to give – NL Central teams problem this year and who could be potentially traded at the deadline for the Pirates? I would say we're going to be a pesky team in division. So uh, meaning like in division games, we will be fine. Like, I think there will be those like that occasional, Oh, we beat the Cardinals two out of three games. Cool. Or we beat the Cubs two out of three games, or we swept the Reds or we're never beating the Brewers in Milwaukee. I've already accepted this. So yeah, you guys hear it from me first that, that the, what I forget, they, they call it something factory. I think it's like the, like something, something factory in Pittsburgh. I haven't figured out what they call it yet. They call that's what you, they call your ballpark. Cause we yeah. never beat you there. Um, but I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I've seen some projections say we're going to win 55 games. Honestly, I think that's a disgrace. I don't think they're that bad. They're a bad team. Like, I'm not going to like gonna lie to you here and be like, oh, yeah, they can win 80 games. 60 to 67 is kind of my range. 60, if you win 67 to 72 games with this team, that's a win. Mm-hmm. That means your rebuild's already farther along than it needs to be. But, I mean, again, like you said, like I said, and like you kind of agreed with, it could come down to September. We're playing like the St. Louis Cardinals or one of the teams in the division in a three game series and one loss to a Pirates team that you really shouldn't lose to could be the deciding factor in winning or losing the division and a playoff spot. So, um, I mean, as far as who gets traded at the deadline, uh, I mean, I don't see them trading Brian Reynolds, but if his values there, it's a possibility with the guys coming up. Same thing with Colin Moran. You could obviously let Todd Frazier just finish out the year at first base and then get a bridge first baseman, after the fact, if you really think the value's there. Um, I mean, Adam Frazier, obviously, is probably the top candidate. Uh, Kevin Newman also, if you really think, like, Cole Tucker's ready or O'Neill Cruz is ready. Um, even Gregory Polanco, if there's a team that's looking for an influx with power in the, uh, in the lineup, not a batting average because he will never do good on that. But um, as far as, like, everything else goes, I think that's really the trade guys. Maybe if a relief arm does really well, like a Richard Rodriguez, he gets traded. There could be like so many different things that happen, but I would say, like I said, at best, the Pirates finish 67 and 95. At worst, they finish in that 50s range that some people have projected. Yeah, and you mentioned the schedule there. So 
the Pirates play the Cardinals 10 times in September. So uh, we're really going to need you guys to, to step up and yeah. take care of business there late in the season, help the Brewers out there. But well, we need Key Brian Hayes to play well, too, so he can beat out Dil- uh, Dylan Carlson for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, Ethan, thanks so much for, for jumping on and, and talking some Pirates with us, getting – getting us caught up uh, for the upcoming season and make sure that you check out Ethan's podcast, locked on pirates. You'll hear his conversation with me as well. And make sure that you follow Ethan on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. And make sure you follow me on Twitter as well at shortstop ball and make sure that you follow the Twitter, uh, the podcast on Twitter at locked on brewers and make sure that you subscribe to locked on brewers podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.